everybody, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Alex Cruzy. And today we tackle the um, world, re- world renowned, not really, the overly renowned game Azul. Uh, this is a game that came out in 2017 and with a, was the bell of the ball for the entire year. It got a lot of buzz. I'm sure you've heard of this game, if not played it. But uh, yes, this is the game designed by Michael Kiesling. Uh, plays two to four, and in, it plays in about thirty to forty-five minutes. Although, if you speed play it, you can get it done in like ten, <laughs> and do <laughs> and horribly have, apparently, and have the worst score you've ever had before. <laughs> um, yes, this was uh, artists uh, Philippe Guerin and uh, Chris uh, Quilliams. Published by Plan B. Uh, that's the main one that I see. Next Move is also listed as a publisher, but I usually I'm not sure if those are the same publisher under different names. But they might. The one that I, I think there's similar, like companies of some sort. Yeah, Asmodee also has a publishing credit here, and many many others that are subsidiaries and companies under different names. Blah blah blah. The way it, all the way it works. But uh, Plan B, Next Move, and Asmodee um, are the main ones you're probably going to see. Uh, but yes, this is a game that received a ton of buzz when it came out. Primarily, I think, I mean, it's not a bad game. Don't get me wrong. It's a good game. But I think primarily the buzz was the way the game is presented, the tactile feeling of little ceramic tiles and placing them around. It is a beautiful looking game. You are organizing and playing around with these little tile squares. They're like one inch by one inch approximately. So it's really cool to interact with. And it, uh, it. I just remember hearing about Azul constantly in 2017 <laughs> and into 18, just like nonstop. Have you played it? Oh, you got to play it. Check it out. Anyway, so let's get into how you play it, and then we'll talk more about its history, our thoughts, and uh, if we would recommend it. All right, all right. So to to set up the game, you basically there are these round disc kind of board things, pretty small. Uh, and you vary how many are being added to the game based on how many players there are. For a two-player game, there's they call them factories. So there's five factories. In a three-player game, there's seven factories. And in a four-player game, there are nine factories. So all the factories. Uh, you will reach into a bag full of these tiles that look like Starburst candies uh, that you should not eat. Uh, and you will place four randomly place four tiles on each of the factories, filling them up. Uh, and then each person gets their own little player board. Technically, these are double-sided. Most people tend to play on the one that has the colors on it. Uh, if you want a more advanced game, you can play on the other side. But basically, uh, this player board has a little scoring track, and it has a 5x5 five five grid of colored locations. And also to the left of that, there are little rows that indicate how many tiles you need of each uh, in it, and then a little penalty scoring track below, plus a little thing that tells you uh, how to score bonus points at the end of the game. Uh, on your turn, uh, starting with the player, I think it's a uh, person who's most recently visited Portugal, uh, they will decide to take uh, a type of tile. Uh, they will choose one of the factories uh, that are there. Oh, I forgot, there's also a first player tile that is placed in the center of the board to represent the the factory floor i guess is what they call it uh the player will the first player will take one type of tile uh they can choose any of the factors they want they can choose any of the colors they want to uh, but anything they choose they must take all of it so for example if there was a factory that had three red and one blue if they took the blue they're just taking the blue if they took any of the red they will take all three of those red 
on that factory. Uh, anything that they didn't take on that factory mo- moves to the factory floor, to that center area. So it just kind of gets pushed off of the factory into it. It's, a, it's as if it, it fell off the truck. I, I don't know what it's supposed to mean thematically, but there, <laughs> apparently any tile that goes there is worth a little bit less uh, in a way. I mean, technically it's not, but whatever. Uh, in, in other iterations of the game, uh, they can be uh, more, more, more worth less. More worth less. More worth Goodness less. Goodness gracious. <laughs> and, anyway, uh, you will add them to one of the rows on the left side of your, your thing. Uh, so you will either be adding to the, to the first row, second row, third row, fourth row, or fifth row. Uh, the first row has one space for you to fill. The second one has two, and so on and so forth, down to the fifth row, having five things that you can fill into it. Uh, and you can continue this continues to go around people taking things from a factory putting the excess into the center uh, round and round you go when you add things to a row you may add to something if it has the same color you must always match colors when you place them in rows Uh, if it's empty you can put whatever color you want in there as long as you haven't finished uh, that color in that row and it'll become more obvious, although less obvious if you're not looking at the board. It's a lot less. This is a very visual, like spatial orientation type of a thing where it's a lot easier to understand when you see it. Um, and this continues to go around until all the tiles have been taken. Once all the tiles have been taken, that round ends, and every row that you have gotten all of the tiles in, so for example, in that third tile, if you've got all three tiles to fill in on that left side, you may then take one of those tiles and move it over to the right side of the board to the corresponding colored square. So if it was yellow, you'd fit it into whatever yellowed square, because every row has every color once, uh, and every column has every color once, uh, and that is very much on purpose. Uh, If there's any row that you did not get all of them, so let's say, for example, in the fifth row you only got four of that color, you missed one of the color, uh, then you just don't move anything. You're just going to have to wait for a future round to finish that row. Uh, The way scoring works uh, per round is that if it is a tile that is not adjacent to anything, you will score one point for that tile. If that tile is adjacent to things, uh, then you'll score more points. So, for example, if it is adjacent to one other tile in the row and two other tiles in the column, uh, you'd score two points because there's itself and the one it's touching in the row, and then itself and the other two it's touching in the column. So that would be uh, three points for the column, two points for the row, so you'd score five points for placing that tile. Uh, And you can kind of chain these as you go in the round, but you can also get those points later on if you can uh, get things to touch other tiles in future rounds. Uh, And then the new round will start. Whoever took from the center first uh, will end up starting the next round. Uh, And I did not mention this earlier, but if at at any point in time someone takes from the center row first, they will take that uh, number number one tile, the player one tile, and they will place it on their negative scoring track below. Uh, Any tiles that you cannot fit when taking tiles also get placed in your negative scoring row. yeah, and this continues on over and over again until at finally last someone fills up an entire row with every single one of the colors. That will indicate that this will be the final round uh, that it goes, or actually it is the final round because you don't know it's filled until the 
the scoring when you move everything over. Uh, and then everybody scores normally, and then they score the bonus points. Bonus points are two points for every completed row, seven points for every completed column, and ten points for every completed color. So if you did every single color in each column slash every single color in each row, uh, then you get ten points for that. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. Uh, that's pretty much everything. I think I did a horrible job at how you score negative points, uh, which is uh, for every single one of those tiles that that you weren't able to place, you will score negative points based on how many you took. If you only took a few tiles, uh, then it's usually one per each. But as soon as you get to the, let's see, it's the third excess tile, then it's starting to score negative two for each. Uh, and then the, I think the last a few are negative three. So you, you tend not to take a lot, although I think in one of the games uh, me and Chuck played, I filled up my entire negative scoring row, which I think was a total of negative 14 points for that. So that's not, it's not very good. Uh, but again, uh, whoever at the end of the game, uh, whoever has the most points wins. There you have it. <clears throat> as, with, as usual, the most points wins. Uh, the most points is punished. Um, yeah, so this is, uh, that is a Sewell, yes. So, um, all right, so I have some questions for you about this game. So it's been a long time since I've played this game, and the first time I played it, we played four players, and it was very, even though this game is very straightforward, for some reason it was like a little, (coughs) I remember the feeling of being a little befuddled on what the strategy is to go to go through it we played we only played it once we kind of worked our way through it and we're kind of like and at least i was like huh okay all right and this is once again this is after all the buzz of azul and um now replaying it you and i played of several games two players and i liked it a lot better um and so my question to you is what is what is your experience with player counts because on board game geek they say two. This is a this is ideal as a two player game. That's the consensus, and I kind of felt that at least in that play, it, it definitely feels like a two player head to head type of game, um, where there's a little bit of, uh, strategy. There's maneuvering to kind of get items before or tiles before someone else does, and there's a real like back and forth push and pull where it's like, all right, I know what you need, and so I can leave what I need for a minute because you can't take it, so I'm going to get this, and then maybe play aggressively or defensively. But I could see that getting really chaotic around four and almost like the game's falling apart a little bit. So I was going to ask what your impressions are about scaling on this one. I've played it at three and four. I I think it plays fine. It depends, I guess, on your attitude of playing games. If you're very much of like, all right, I have to make the best move, then yeah, two player is going to be the best because then you can make those decisions of, all right, if I take this, he'll take that and I'll take this probably. Or, you know what? It doesn't matter what's going to happen. Things aren't going to go well. So I may as well take this just to completely zonk you out because I know you need that last black. So I'm going to take the black even though I don't need it, which means you're going to take the red that I want, which means I'm going to take this light blue that you want. <laughs> and it's just, we. I think we had one of those rounds uh, in one of the games that we played like four games just before recording this. <clears throat> And uh, yeah, it 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 can be harsh, but it can also be very interesting to think about. Any four or three player game, I don't know. I I've had very enjoyable games playing those, mainly because I think everyone I was playing with was very much relaxed, and it's just like, well, I'll take this because I need it. No one was really looking and going, well, I'm gonna take this because they don't need that. No one was playing like that, and so it was. It's still quite enjoyable. Um, 
So it almost Although gets there, light, I, lighter as you scale up, basically. It, 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 like- it gets lighter as you scale up. Uh, if you're trying to play not light, you can still harm people in certain ways if you can kind of think it out because you can usually deduce all right they'll probably take this though but it's usually near the end a lot less during the the early game uh that you can do that uh but yeah it it it, it's fun to play as long as you're playing it as a light game Uh, yeah definitely all right yeah no that's kind of that's interesting and and it's an interesting structure too because um like two players is pretty. It's it's not like cutthroat's not the right word. There's there's it doesn't feel frustrating. There's definitely m- moments where you're like, oh, I hope this doesn't happen. Oh no, this is, <laughs> that happened, and then you're like stymied, or you have a tough choice, and you know whichever way you go, your opponent's going to benefit, or you're only going to get one of two options that you need. Um, and it's kind of a it, it's a. a tight game once again that's not quite right right either a tight game between two it it feels like a it just it's satisfying it feels like a good back and forth head to head um yeah and so i could it just felt like all right if you add another person or two more people in there that it's just a little more chaotic and so you kind of have to take it as a lighter game um uh, because there's just too many things to consider there's no way you're going to be like well they're going to do <laughs> for everybody around the table and uh plan plan on that too to for your turn but anyway so um that is that is interesting so do you think azul stood up to all of its hype because i remember endless hype for this game and i it is a good game but i remember i still remember playing it for the first time being like huh that was it huh (laughs) i don't know what i was expecting (laughs) but i just felt like this was like this was like the first star wars movie to come out like people were people were so excited about it and like frothing at the mouth and seeing I mean, I like it a lot. I I remember when this came out. It came out at the uh, right around the same time that Sagrada came out, which is uh-huh. a little bit thematically similar. There, you're building a, a window, which there is an Azul where you're building a window, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think I was like on the fence of God. You know, they both seem interesting. Which one would I rather have? I think on, I was on the fence of I think I'd rather have Azul. Just because I didn't want to have to roll dice and ha- make tough decisions about where to place numbers, although we ended up getting Sagrada first because my wife saw it and she's like, "Ooh, pretty, you know, pretty dice. I want to, I want to get this." I'm like, "All right, fine, but I guess we're getting Azul later." I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of fell into the hype a little bit just because I think it's, it's just a really pretty game, and also it, I tend to play it as a very casual game. I know it's a game that most people are going to look and go. Ooh, I want to play that, uh, which is, you know, the groups I tend to be with are are the ones where it has to have that kind of eye candy to tempt people into it. And this this game definitely has the eye candy of it. It's very and the 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 tactility of it. It's really nice to pick up these pieces. And there's just there's there's something about all of that put together that makes this a really lovely game. Uh, But I, I in no world would I say this is, you know. Uh, 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 on the hype level of like, uh, um, what's what am I trying to uh, terraforming Mars or something like that? Where or or Gloomhaven? It's definitely nothing of that caliber. But it, there's the I think the production quality makes up for a lot of any sort of game mechanics that might be lacking. And it's not honestly, it's not lacking that much. It's just not 
an intense game. I, I would take the the praise for it more on the quality of the game than on the intensity of the game, which I think some people might uh, kind of intermingle with each other, which I don't think you should in this case. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is a very satisfying game to interact with. It's, it feels it's just those tiles. Sagrada is neat in its own way because I, you know, the beautiful colored dice and rolling them and then organizing them as as um, as your strategy dictates. This is these tiles are just I don't know. There's something so cool about them. They make a great sound when they're clicking around. <laughs> they oh, yeah. uh, they're um, uh, they look really beautiful on the table. This game in general just looks beautiful on the table. It's just very all these abstract designs it's very loud but in a good way not like not like everything's neon and it hurts your eyes it's just loud and the contrast of colors like the colors they chose are very contrasting to each other and so they're bright and they stand out quite a bit which is pretty cool i mean historically that's what they're trying to reference too of the those um, beautiful ceramic tiles and and clay tiles that are made in portugal and that part of the world spain as well um so it definitely represents that. I do love. I do appreciate that. This could be. This could have been very bland. <laughs> it could have, like the structure of the game is good enough. It could have been a very bland game, but it's kind of neat what they chose to skin it with, in this way. Uh, one thing I really like too is the um, first player token being a negative point, <laughs> yeah. and a placeholder. That's a really interesting structure in this game. Because there's a benefit in, the, obviously, as the pool grows in the middle of tiles, there's more options for you to choose from. Uh, if it grows too much, though, then suddenly you're going to have more tiles than you need. But um, so there's this, it's kind of a, a countdown to who's going to finally be like, uh, all right, I'm going to grab all these. And it's, it happens pretty quick, I would say. Most of the time it's in the first, you know, I don't know, three, three, or f- three to five turns, I'd say, consistently around there. Yeah. Um, and I, I really like that. That's such a cool consideration. I've never seen another game do that really where it's like I, I'm going to take a penalty. I'm going to get probably more of exactly of what I want in one fell swoop. But I'm going to take a penalty. But I'm also going to get first next turn. Um, and uh, But when I do that, I also have to take a penalty of negative one and a placeholder. So next if I take any more tiles, they're going to be that much more damaging potentially if I take certain more, uh, certain amount, more than two, I guess, uh, or two, um, uh, or more. So it's right. anyway, just that structure is so well designed, and I really, really, really liked that part of the game. I like a lot of the game, <laughs> but that one yeah. specifically the, really stood out to me. The other thing on top of that is is it's kind of like a a weird kind of bidding mechanic because you don't mm-hmm. most people don't want to take tiles from that center until it's good enough to take something. Like if it's right. just one color that you're looking for, you're probably not going to take it. But if it's like, "Oh, it's built up so that now, oh, there are five red tiles in the center. I can fill up my bottom row right now by taking that. Who cares if I take Yeah, and I get first player. Oh no, I took one negative, but I filled out my entire red with one pick rather than having to pick from <laughs> each of the separate factories to do it. It's like a guaranteed like kazawi blam i got it done like i don't have to worry about it anymore it's it's really annoying in this game when you're like oh i think i'm gonna fill the fourth row because i really i can finish all the colors and then you put like two red in your fourth row and then all the red are gone by the time it's your next turn you're like great i'm gonna have this stupid thing that's not completely done for the next (laughs) round and then and then it kind of snowballs sometimes because it i think the first game that uh that you and i played after the first round 
both my fourth row and my fifth row were not done. I think I was missing like three tiles in total. And I'm like, God, this next round, I'm going to take so many negative points because I, I, I'm not going to be able to fit anything anywhere because I can only fill so much on this board. So it it it's definitely one of those things where you're waiting for the good things so that so that you don't feel so bad about taking a negative point or possibly even more negative points uh, when it comes along later. So you're you're waiting for that right tipping point. And sometimes the tipping point goes a little bit too far past where it's just like, great, now I have to take seven black tiles? I have no <laughs> use for seven black. No one has any use for seven black yeah. tiles. Uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> you know? <Ooh>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. It, yeah, it's that that back that balance and that yeah, it's sort of an inverted bidding mechanism is uh, really good. Yeah, everything about this game, it's I, I see why it got a lot of buzz. There is it's very abstract, um, and it it fits a nice slot in between. Like especially if you're playing it as a two player game, a head to head two player game that has has a lot of options, but definitely has it's for me at least it's also bordering on. Um, uh, a slight design misstep or maybe a, a additional, additional thing thrown in or maybe something that was missing to make it feel frustrating. Like, I, I don't know why I keep coming back to this, but I, I remember in the game being like, oh, I need to do this or, oh, crap, I'm behind. How can I catch up? And there is a little bit of – no, I shouldn't say it. There, I guess there's luck in the sense that there is luck be, how the tiles come out. And we've, you know, we both had a couple rounds where like nothing was anything we wanted. It was just like, oh crap! <laughs> Basically, the game was how many negative points can we get away with, and how many negative <laughs> points can we avoid? Um, so anyway, the, the, these the, with a head-to-head game, a lot of times you have the case of uh, you're playing the game, and and you you eventually, if you, especially if you play several games, you just get the sense of frustration that you're never able to get something going that you want to. And this, it's not there, but I could have seen how easily this game could have been there. So it's just another kudos to the designers on how they balance this effectively to still make it a very tight game that's very abstract with very little luck um, and and be a game that you can feel uh, is light enough that you can gauge without, without being like, God, I hate this game. I could never do anything. <laughs> and that's some, someone who lost all four games that we just played. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So, um, so anyway, I don't know. I, That's just my perspective of it. But I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to say anything negative. I, th- I just feel like this game um, could have been worse than it came out to be. And I'm, I think they must have play tested this quite a bit, of course, and then really considered um, the structure and how players are going to engage with it. Or maybe they didn't. They just lucked out. I don't know. <laughs> That's a possibility. Yeah. Um, okay. So. Let's talk a little bit about uh, taking it out. So this is going to be a, a bit of an interesting one, but I think it's definitely going to work. So what's on the table in front of you are, is going to be – oh, geez, sorry. I'm very burpy for some reason. I'm very excited. I'm getting all burped up. <laughs> what's on the table in front of you is your player board. So your um, player board is approximately – what would you say? Are they like 12 inches by 12 inches, I, I think? We played virtually this start. They're time, so. they're nine inches by nine inches. Oh, okay, way smaller. Okay, so um, they are uh, you know about the size of a dinner plate in front of you, and then you're going to be doing everything that you're doing is on that board. So there's nothing that's going to be on the side, no cards to collect, no dice to set aside, no tiles that you're collecting that aren't going to be resting on that board, which is really nice. So that's very contained. 
In the middle of the table is going to be the market or the factory ring. And um, those are little uh, coaster-sized discs that you can arrange. I don't think there's really any need to – I mean, obviously it makes sense to put them in a circle. But you could orient them in any way you really want to as long as there is a central area where extra tiles are placed that is obvious. Uh, And it should be obvious because they won't have a factory on them. They are just extra tiles, so they just get thrown in a pile, um, however you want to orient them. So you will have this center area, but it is a bunch of disks that are – or factory disks that are orientable in any way you want to do it. So this, I think, passes the pizza test in the fact that you could probably have a center – shared food and still play this game. In fact, you could probably make the factory ring go around the pizza and, I don't know, you'd have to place your extra tile somewhere or... Uh, On the pizza. Or put it around the middle of the pizza. <laughs> yeah, treat them as toppings. So when we first talked about doing this game, I was like, Azul, God, is that really a game you could take out? And then the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah I, yeah, I bet you could, actually. This would probably work pretty well. So... Uh, that being said, I think this actually works better than I expected it would and a lot of smaller quote-unquote games in size than this just because your player board is so contained, the tiles that you are interacting with, with have a little bit of weight to them, so they're not going to easily be scattered off your board or roll off the table or uh, be bumped and disoriented in some way. They're they're going to stay on your board pretty well, so even if you have to shift your board to the side to have a, some food in front of you or to even take a break with this game that's very easy to do and then start back up or uh, whatever when you're when you're ready to re-engage with it uh, and then like i said in the center of the table that is very customizable to whatever you orientation you want to do so you can really almost play this in any situation i would say unless it's a tiny tiny table that would be the only the only downside yeah, I... potentially is table space literal table space but that would have to be one heck of a tiny table to limit you from playing this or you've ordered a buffet of food <laughs> that's true that's true if you're at one of those uh <laughs> yeah that's true if you're at one of those places where you get a uh 12 foot long sub and <laughs> you're just trying to play <laughs> chop it up and place it over your table for some reason uh, or another place. I was trying to think of any other place that gives you a buffet of food, and I couldn't think of one. That's what I came well, up with. Well, it's like you order, like, family style or something like that, or you've ordered oh, there you way go. too much sushi, which I've done so many times. Right. <laughs> right. That'll be interesting. That'll be a fascinating uh, blending of uh, colorful sushi and colorful game pieces. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I think this really does hit quite high marks, actually, for taking taking out. And I was uh, I was a little surprised once I started thinking about it how well it works. Um, so uh, vibe table vibe. Uh, this uh, like we just talked a little bit about this and how it's going to stack. I think uh, Alex made a good point of like how how you want to approach the game, and I think that's kind of something to consider when you're taking it out. How many people are you taking it out to play with? And what kind of vibe are you going for? If I, This, to me, hits a nice dual purpose because I play a lot of two-player games with my wife. I know you do as well. And this is a game that both of us would really like to play head-to-head and have some drinks or some food over. But if we're having friends with us and we want to have some a little bit of a looser game and chat and still you know have some drinks and food as well and play it a little bit more passively inevitably this game sort of forces you to do that with higher player counts or or accept that with higher player counts that it's going to be less um you're gonna have less control over the flow of the game 
that's kind of cool in the fact that it just sort of becomes more of a social game with more people and allows you the the space to um, to have discussions because you are going to be paying attention to what other people are doing on their turn to a degree, but it's not that that intense. On your turn, of course, you're going to be considering your strategy and um, your the best move for what's at hand. But it's still gonna you're gonna be waiting until it comes back to you, uh, and you're probably gonna have a, a little bit of downtime between that time to to chat. Um, so anyway, I, I also feel like this probably hits high marks in that sense for good vibe. It's an abstract game, but it's a fun game to interact with, and it allows you the ability to talk to each other. Uh, what's is that was that vibe with your experience with playing with higher player counts? Definitely, yeah, totally. All right, sweet. So let's see. Would your mom like this game? Now, this is an interesting one. I'm going to say, geez, I don't know. Initially, my thought is like, probably not. But I feel like I feel like your mom would play this game. Maybe you could probably get her to play this game once. (laughs) And I I don't know. I really can't. I really don't know if she would like this or not. This is this one's lost on me because there's elements of this, like um, the fact that a higher player counts, you can engage with each other more. Um, it's a beautiful game to interact with. It's it's really fun to sort of try to build your puzzle. But what I think would turn her off is the fact that there are times when you just really need some t- certain tiles or you maybe misplanned and suddenly you just have to take negative point tiles. Um, and that that's uh, kind of like, ugh. And there's not – the other reason is, is there's not quite those, aha, big explosive plays <laughs> in this game. There's satisfying plays, but there isn't like explosive – Take that, or I did it. Type of, type of ups and downs. So, what do you think? Would your mom? I, <laughs> would your mom I like think, this? Or is I this think another... you're on the right track. I <laughs> okay. feel like there are parts of this game she would enjoy. Uh, I'm putting this one down as a maybe no. Kind <laughs> okay. of what you were saying. Uh, I definitely think there are parts that she would enjoy. I. I th- even though it sounds bad, I think she would enjoy when people would, like, nab things from other people of just, like, ha-ha, or there would definitely be moments where she's like, you took my blue, you took my blue, and she seems angry, but she's not. She's actually enjoying the game. So those parts I think she didn't enjoy. I don't – I think she'd get irritated because the scoring for first-timers I tend to find, they don't quite get it until, like, after, like – a game and a half of this they're like wait how do i score so i i score three points for this and then but it's 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 not touching that so wait do i score this do i score it twice and i mean it's essentially scoring like scrabble but without points on things is how it's essentially works but since there's no points on them it's a little bit more abstract in how you're scoring things uh but i think she could possibly get into it i don't know it's a tough so i'm i'm putting it maybe no because most likely, I doubt she'd actually play it in the first place, but I think if she could get over some of her hang-ups, she'd actually really enjoy this one. So, yeah, yeah. get over your hang-ups, Mrs. Cruzy. Jeez. <laughs> Do whatever you want, Mom. <laughs> I'm just, just saying stuff. <laughs> All right. Straight from Alex's mouth. Get over your hang-ups, Mom. That's what he says. No, no. That's Direct that's you. quote. <laughs> All right, so who else would this be for? I think, obviously, um, if you're a gamer of any period of time, you've probably heard this game. If you were gaming a couple years ago, you've definitely heard of this game and uh, ho- hopefully had a chance to play it. Uh, it's re- It fits a cool area of 
there are elements of this game that feel familiar. Um, tile laying, um, the pushing your luck element of what to choose when, um, organizing in like pattern organization, and also um, the, I, it kind of reminds me of a roll and write to a degree, where it's sort of like as rounds go by, you're filling up, you're xing off these spots for. Yeah. Uh, I guess sort of like I don't know I don't know why but Welcome to sort of comes to mind or Silver and Gold comes to mind where you're sort of xing off these spots and 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 you know it could come where oh shoot I shouldn't have xed that off then but I did. There's elements of that too, so it'll feel very familiar to anyone who's played uh, modern board games. And I think this is obviously one that is really applicable to anybody who likes games. It's, it does a really cool thing. It's a beautifully designed game, and it feels it, for despite the familiarity of some of its elements, it's very unique in its structure and presentation. So I think yeah. anyone who likes games would enjoy trying this uh, at least. Yeah. And I think a lot uh, yeah, of people definitely, probably would really like it. It's a game where you should play it at least once, and if you hate it, you're never going to play it again. If you love it, go out and get it. But it's definitely something you should play at least once. It's it's there's something enjoyable about it. I really like it. Uh and to to the fact of you saying it's kind of like a roll and write. Now that you mention it, I am surprised there is not a roll and write of this game. It right. seems this is, seems like the type of game where someone should go, you know, you can make a roll and write of this and it'd be pretty good. I <laughs> as soon as that comes out, whenever that comes out and I'm going to say, like, in three years, if it hasn't come out already, I am going to do my dangdest to to make sure it comes out. I'm going to design my own <laughs> roll and write version of this. But I have a feeling that in the next three years, there probably will be, unless unless they're too busy making, like, additional Azul games. Right, uh, and, right. And, and now that I'm on that, I may as well mention that there are two other Azul games. There is the Azul Stained Glass of Sintra. Uh, which I, I mentioned earlier, you're basically it's they all kind of have the same mechanic of taking things from a factory. You take all the same color, uh, and then you kind of place them on things. How they get placed and how they complete kind of are different. The stained glass ones, you're you're not always having all the same color, and you're kind of building columns in that one. And when you finish a column, like it's a modular board, so you flip it over and you try and complete that one, and then you score bonus points for how many columns you completed of certain colors. It's they it's a little bit more gamery. So if you're looking for something a bit more intense, <clears throat> a bit more you know, I want to make sure I do this first and then that, and I want to make sure to get these colors so I can get this extra bonus. This is there's a lot more uh, trying to plan things out. I think in in stained glass, uh, and then the other one is summer pavilion, which goes back to tiles, uh, but now they're rhombuses. So they went from uh, starbursts to jolly ranchers, and then to I don't know. Chiclays or something, and maybe melted Laffy Taffy. I guess is what that one might be. Uh, so huh. that and, and that one is again, it's something similar. There's still factories. You're still pulling colors off. Uh, this one has some a wild color in it. You're kind of making little rosettes with these these uh, rhombuses to fill in different colors, uh, and you score bonus points based off of certain areas in between the rosettes. Once you can kind of surround them, you score extra bonus stuffs. Uh, or extra tiles or things like that. So you're just trying to, ooh, if I take all you know six of these, I can fill in this one spot in the rosette, which will help me get the bonus of getting those things. So you're, it's it's a little bit different. You're trying to get extra bonus tiles based off of your stuff and score points. So they all kind of have a similar like me- main mechanic of taking things from a factory and 
and grouping them together, uh, but they all kind of do different things with it. Um, I, I enjoy Azul, uh, although if if it was right now and someone said, which of these Azuls would you want to get? Honestly, I might get Summer Pavilion, just because I think it does a little bit more, but not too much. Because uh, I, from, from what I've seen of Stained Glass, I think it might just push it a little bit past where I could get a casual player to play it. Right. Interesting. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah, I didn't actually realize there were so many different versions. That's funny that they did a stained glass one, too. <laughs> like, we will yeah. take you over. <laughs> we'll take you over, Sagrada. You're not the only one yeah. who can make beautiful you think you're so glass hot. designs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, and these the stained glass ones, the pieces look even more like candy. So Yeah, they are literally Hold Jolly yourselves Rangers. in check, people. <laughs> Do not eat these. <laughs> God, they look delicious, especially around Halloween. Uh, all right, that's cool. Yeah, I, that's interesting. I, I am. Yeah, the they both look really cool. Huh. Well, they definitely took their d- design style and ran with it. It kind of reminds me of the the pandemic. <laughs> There's so many pandemics. Oh, and yeah, <laughs> and they're like, what can we do with beautiful candy like tiles? Uh, lots of stuff apparently. What other horrible things have happened in history (laughs) that we could put the pandemic thing? There was a flood somewhere? Let's do that. Yeah, well, let's see. Let's go by continent. (laughs) The rise and fall of the Roman Empire? Let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's see. Azul. I think we did it. I don't think we have anything else to add. Definitely a recommend for both of us. Um, go check it out. It's 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 was a crowd pleaser in a very popular game when it came out for a reason. It still exists. It holds up. It doesn't feel dated. I mean, it's only three years old, so it hopefully shouldn't feel dated. But it feels like a game that is uh, definitely going to, you know, it still feels like a, a modern game that could have been designed just, just recently or released just recently. So... Uh, I do not have a catchphrase again, you guys, as usual, because I am uh, I am a slacker and uh, I'm full of uh, self derision about it, and I apologize. Uh, I don't even have an excuse this week, except that I just kind of forgot. <laughs> so <laughs> I am a very absent minded, and uh, so there you go. That's my excuse: is uh, I forgot, I forgot, and I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I will someday have another one, so you'll have to listen in anticipation of the epic. And very non, uh, very satisfying, and not uh, definitely worth the wait. Definitely worth the wait in the future when no, I get one I, going. Not, it's not gonna. <laughs> you will not be disappointed. I promise it will make ever make up for all of these forgetting to do what. But until then, we'd love to hear from you guys. If you want to reach out to us for anything else, let us know if you've checked out Azul or any of the other versions of Azul, or offshoots of Azul. Azul I should say. Uh, you can get a hold of us in two ways: at Twitter or Instagram at chits and chat you can also go to our podcast hosting page eavesdrop.com and scroll down to the chits and chat section click on our comment form and we would love to hear from you and until next time thank you guys all for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode bye bye